When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Well, hello there, and welcome back. Segment number two, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Nation Radio. You better put some respect on it. Steelers Blitz, and that is with a Z. Wherever you get your podcast at, make sure you are subscribing. Plenty of content, all that good stuff that yeah, you leave love. Leave us a nice review, you, you know, better all, believe those, all those things. All that good stuff, all right? Just don't call me Carrot Top in your please, review. Please don't, <laughs> all right? And, and don't sound like to shout my name out, all right? Because I don't. But anywho, man, we're continuing this conversation as we talk about this uh, initial 53-man roster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I will say this, um, for those that have not done so just yet, make sure you're getting your tweets in because we do want to get your feedback. Oh, when we yeah. go to this final segment. We got segment, some good ones so far, I tell yeah, you. When we get to this final segment, man, we're definitely going to uh, focus a lot more on your guys' reaction, the power grid and megawatts. So make sure you hit us up at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. Go Mountaineers. There it is. All on Twitter, man. So that way we'll be able to get your, <laughs> your, your, your conversation, stuff like that, that man. Right. I like it. I like it, man. So, you should have seen me walking in here this morning. I tell you what, man, I'm saying all the all the the, the West Virginia and Pitt people, man, they they colors are showing, flags is flying, license plates are popping. Yeah, we've reached that point in the build up, Motsi, where it's gotten a little too nasty. Oh, and you know, I could get I could get nasty. All right, no, no, what nasty you mean? Like. A lot of curse words being thrown around. <laughs> you, you, I got to check with you, Wes. I, I know you of, too much, Wes. You're, you're, you're nasty. A lot of things that's a, about... It's a, a broad topic with you, man. A lot of things about, you know, dating cousins and... That's why I was asking how and, nasty you want to get, And not having man. education and... Yeah. You know, and, and to be fair, the na- there's the nastiness on both sides. I'm not just I'm not oh, just pointing right, to the okay. other side of the aisle. All right? I'm okay. not doing that politician thing. I okay. realize that both sides have their, their bad apples, without a doubt. Um, but when we reach this point... Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, let's just play the game. You know, the the funny banter and the back yeah. and forth and the build up is always good to me, but there always becomes that point where it starts to cross the line yeah. a little bit, let's, and let's I'm just and like, it, I'm man. just like, all right, none of us are playing in the game, yeah. none of us are influencing any of this. All right, none of us are tough guys as much as everybody might think they are. Yeah, I'm just I'm just ready for seven o'clock on Thursday <laughs> night to get this thing going because it's. It's turned a little ugly. It's turned a little mm. ugly today. But we're gonna have, we'll have a fun. They're gonna have me on the DVE morning show tomorrow morning. Let's get and it. And we're gonna Let's have a fun it. little, uh, you know, little backyard brawl banter there. So that should be a good time. I like it, man. That's how it's supposed to be, man. 
And hopefully uh, when we come back in here on, uh, was that Friday? Yeah. It'll be a victory Friday. It's either going to be the greatest yeah. Friday ever or the longest Friday ever. But, Motsi, yeah. you know one thing about me. Mm-hmm. I don't run and hide. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. All right. WVU could lose by 100 points on yeah. Thursday. I'll still be here on Friday. I'll probably be wearing a WVU hat as well, too. Well, you, you know I me. I face I, the music like a man. Either way, it's going to be a victory Friday for me, man. <laughs> Because you're clowning somebody. You're clowning somebody. So for you, it works out great. You're walking in here clowning somebody. It's a victory Friday, however I look at is it, it baby. Is it me that you're clowning? You know or is it like so, Tom Offerman so, 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 and Joe Rook Somebody go get it. But either way, either way. <laughs> Gotta love it. And see, and this is why this game's needed to be played in the last 11 years without yes, it was, was yes, a farce. Man. Absolutely. Especially when you're talking about this location, man. This is like prime location for both uh, universities, man. But, um. They want to talk about the defensive side of the ball, man, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just reacting to some of their roster cuts and some of the surprises or lack thereof. But um, first thing obviously jumped off the screen to me when I was looking at the uh, roster moves was the inside linebacker position. Um, first off, they kept four outside, four inside. Now, I should say that I was surprised that they uh, did the mass overhaul at outside linebacker, but honestly... I was not because <laughs> um, it was one of those things where if I'm being fully transparent, it had gotten to the point where I know from myself, it was more so I'm trying to talk myself into one of these players emerging as that third rusher over at Derek Tuska or even Derek Tuska being the third guy. Yeah. And I honestly, I just didn't see it. The consistency wasn't there. The productivity wasn't there. And just the feeling just common at peace that if these guys have to go out here and play a substantial amount of snaps that they can get the job done at a high level and we're not going to feel a significant drop off I just did not feel that with the group that we had and that was with one of my JMU guys but now when you see the way that they made that move in terms of releasing I mean do I need to go down <laughs> I mean I could I, I just everyone except for Watt, Highsmith and Tuska yeah so you, you do the math on the names that was there y'all know who has been playing out there this preseason <laughs> They got rid of all of those gentlemen, and they brought in a guy by the name of Malik Reed. Now, for me, I was really impressed with that move just because I think that it, number one, solidifies that third outside rusher spot. This is a dude that has player uh, positional flexibility, can play mm-hmm. right side, left side, mm-hmm. against the run, against the pass, has started a ton of games. And he's not a guy that you're bringing in here and you're worried about. Is he going to disrupt the hierarchy of that outside linebacker room. Is he going to come in here and want more snaps? We saw what we dealt with with Mark Ingram a year ago, or excuse me, Melvin Ingram a year ago, and how he ultimately was responding to his role and ultimately forced his, or not forced away, but requested that he be traded, and obviously we granted that, but we saw the void that that left also. When I think of Malik, Malik is not at that stage of his career where he's coming in and expecting to be a starter. He's not coming in expecting to play a certain amount of snaps. He understood when he was in Denver, the only reason why he was getting as much time as he did was because of the injuries to guys like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Mm-hmm. Now, Malik still went out there and was very impressive, obviously, when he played us last year. I mean, he had some success as well. Sure, sure. But to me, I think it is clearly defined that TJ is one, Alex is two, Malik is three. Because Malik is a good player, but I don't think that he's better than Alex Highsmith right now. I think Alex is the better athlete, the more explosive player. And I just think that Alex is on the cusp of showing, you know, what he's truly capable of. And I just think that he has a higher ceiling as well. But Malik, the drop-off will not be as great 
when you're going from Alex Highsmith to Malik Reed in contrast to Alex Highsmith to some of the other names that we had along that outside linebacker room. But I'm still glad that Derek Tuska is here as well because Derek is still a good player. Yes, yes. He's just the inversion of when you're talking about guys that are limited, most guys on the outside are limited as rushers. They can rush the pass, but they can't play the run. That's typically the 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 guy's, you know, issues when you're talking sure. about edge players. Sure. With Tuska, it's just the opposite. He plays the run extremely well. He just is limited as a rusher. And obviously, because we have guys that stand out as rushers, we feel that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think that Derek, man, he still brings you a certain level of consistency against the run. You know, you can put him out there. We saw what it was like when you don't have a player that can play the run consistently. Cassius no Marsh. Doubt. When Cassius Marsh was out there, he can rush the passer, but he struggles against the run. Case in point, you think about that playoff game against the Cleveland Browns, they were going to run every single snap at him, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. But Derek also brings you special teams productivity as well, and we saw that throughout the preseason. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason why a player who is limited as a rusher playing outside linebacker is still able to be as successful as he's been in terms of you know stacking up the career years that he's done thus far. So I really like that a lot. But then an inside linebacker, nobody Johnson. Whew. Yeah, Whew. I'm going to tell you what. How'd you feel round, about that, man? Fourth round pick a year ago. This is another one of those, you know, Wes is a transparent guy moments. Um, I, you know, I was very high on Buddy Johnson. You and I talked a lot about how, you know, three-year starter in the SEC, defensive captain at A&M his senior year, uh, how when he was coming out of high school, he had a lot of not power five offers, but but really good offers to play quarterback as well, too. You know, he said, I had to decide, do I want to go to Texas A&M and play defense, or do I want to go to Tulsa and play quarterback? Those were his two final decisions. So he was clearly a guy, you know, to be a a five-star linebacker in high school and a four-star quarterback in high school was clearly a guy who thought the game at a a pretty high level was a good quarterback. Again, you know, could have gone to a school like Tulsa, good program uh, to play quarterback if he wanted to. I thought he had all the makings of one of those guys who's a mid-round draft pick, you look up three years later, and he's he's a solid starter in the National Football League, right? I thought that was going to be Buddy Johnson. That clearly has not been the case. Last year, it wasn't great at times when they turned to him. And, hey, he's a rookie, all these different yeah. things. You give him that, that leniency his rookie season. But this preseason, even throughout training camp as well, too, it just – he never progressed like you wanted mm-hmm. to see. While at the same time, a guy like Mark Robinson continued to turn heads – um, it's not surprising. Like when I saw that yesterday, it wasn't surprising to me in the bigger picture. It's surprising that they're cutting buddy Johnson in his second year, but with what we've seen play out since late July, there's, there's certainly a, a lot of rhyme to that reason and, and good on Mark Robinson. I think he, you know, he performed at a level that, that made them feel like they had to keep him around. No, 100% man. Um, in a vacuum, there is no surprise at all. In a vacuum, you can see, three preseason games where Mark Robinson yes. flew around. He was the guy that was the most productive in that room. He was one of those guys when you cut the tape when he jumped off the screen. And the I guess bad part for Buddy was a good amount of times when Mark Robinson was making those plays, Buddy was out there on the field as well. It's a great and point. it's like, man, I'm seeing one guy flash, point. flash, flash and I'm seeing this other guy who's in position but he's not moving this fast. His coverage isn't as tight. His hits aren't as explosive. So when you're watching both of these guys and you're saying, well, hey, if I'm only going to keep four, 
well, what's what, you know what I mean? Who, who do I roll with here? How do I split that hair? Mm-hmm. I do think that that hurt Buddy more than it helped him. And then 100%. also, Mark was also making plays on special teams. We talk about Mark and what he did on defense, but if you don't cut the tape and see what he did on special teams, you're doing yourself a disservice as well because that is also very much a part of his game. The closing speed, that fearlessness, that willingness to go put his face in the fan and make a play. I love that expression. That's what he brings. That's what he does. And it's like, man, you watch that, and it's like, man, how do you not keep that guy on this roster? Whereas with Buddy, I thought Buddy still put together a solid preseason. It's not like he was a disaster. But the consistency just wasn't there. And I will say the difference, um, because I know people will say, well, hey, man, Devin Bush wasn't consistent either. Regardless of draft, stock, and all those things, expectations, the consistency, and this is how I'll talk about it. With Devin, Devin is still going to be in the position. It was more so, is he going to shoot his going to make the play or not? We talked about the first preseason game where the guy's running by him, he doesn't shoot. We talk about the uh, the beginning of this last game against the Lions where the, the tight end is blocking him. It's like, all right, man, you can make your case for it. But then I also look at where he did shoot his gun on the fourth and one, and it's like, okay, we're seeing that. But that's the inconsistency we talk about when we're talking about Devin. When I talk about the inconsistencies with Buddy, it's more mental. Mm. Hey, we're running this coverage. Do you understand your assignment? At times throughout this preseason, he's blown coverages. Now, with Mark, Mark has blown some as well. But with Mark, I look at him, and some of the times where he's messed up, I'm like, number one, you're a rookie out there. And some of it has been, I think, fatigue-related. Okay. Where it's like, man, he's playing a ton of snaps, ton of snaps, and now it's like, okay, I see him spinning a little bit right sure, here. Sure, sure. And when you start breathing hard, man, the first thing that you stop doing is thinking because mm-hmm. you're trying to catch your breath. As soon as you're exhausted, your, your mentals start to fail. So part of me is like, okay, you know what? I give Mark the benefit of the doubt there. Whereas with Buddy, I'm like, Buddy, this is your second year. You've already experienced what this feels like. That's I can't give you that same leniency, but the difference is this also. Both of those guys make mistakes in coverage because they're young players, and young players make mistakes. Sure. The problem is... When Buddy makes his mistake, his athletic ability limits his ability to correct it in a hurry. Whereas for Mark, Mark has blown coverages, but because he's such an athlete, he's able to get back in the play. And because he plays so hard. And that's the other dynamic when you're talking about, okay, if if I'm picking lesser of two evils, give me the guy that's going to mess up but has the athletic ability and the motor to correct it. Whereas if I'm just talking about a guy that's going to make the error, he can identify it, but he athletically can't get to it, that doesn't help me. So that was kind of another that I thought of with Buddy Johnson not being here. But like I said, man, I do think that Buddy, I think he still can be a good player in this league. It's just one of those things, man, when you're talking about cutting down to 53 men and you're making roster moves, well, when we talk about seven wide receivers, when we talk about a Derek White and a Connor Hayward being here, well, these are the type of players that you potentially yeah, have to part yeah. with, Buddy Johnsons. You know, like when you look at and we're saying, man, how many DBs we got? We got 10 DBs we kept total. It's like, all right, you're going you're gonna to miss one of these dudes then if you keep in 10. You, you can't keep five corners, five safeties. You keep in seven defensive <laughs> linemen, you're going you're gonna to have to you, you let somebody I mean? go in the middle of right. the defense. Yeah. And I understand why you had to do the five safeties because with Demonte Casey, I told you the logistics. Mm-hmm. You had to keep him on your active mm-hmm. roster before you put him on IR. Correct. You had to have him on active. Correct. So we Killer will see well some too, right? Yeah, we're going to see some movement. Same, yeah. Right, because if you put them on IR prior to the cutdown, then they cannot come back this season. This season, right, right. You wait until after the initial cutdowns, then you put them on IR, they can come back at any point in time. So that's the difference. So logistically, we know we're going to free up some spots, and I'm sure the team has probably talked to some of these guys prior to them being released yesterday. Absolutely. And simply tell them, hey, look, man, 
we got to do this just for the logistics of it. You sit at home for 24 hours, do not answer your phone for anybody but us. <laughs> Tell your agent you're not taking any calls. Like, that's that's the conversation. Do not answer your phone for anybody but us. We thought, in a sense, that maybe that was what was going to happen with Jannard Avery. Correct. But we saw that that shifted really quick when Tampa was like, you know, a bump that he's a really good player. Let's go ahead and get him. You know, so that's the part for me where I'm like, I want to see who we circle back to. We thought that with Quincy Roche a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. was another one that was supposed to be the mindset with, and mm-hmm. the Giants came in and swooped in. So Now he's back available. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's one of those guys who's in the mix that we yeah. had discussed. It's, you're right. There's a lot of those conversations of, hey, this is purely a a business transaction that mm-hmm. we have to do to get to the point that we're trying to get to in September. Yeah, we might have, air quotes, you know, cut you or put you on the 53-man, but in a couple days, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's possible they did that with some offensive linemen as well, too. I know, and, and what they will do is this at times. They'll hold a guy because they know, okay, I'm, I can't get you on practice squad right now, but I'll hold you for these initial wave of cuts, and then I'll wait a couple of days when everything's kind of settled in. Right. And then I'll make right. that move. Then I'll make the move. But all of that is still very much in place. So that's why, for me, man, I do anticipate us seeing some more movement when you're looking at Demonte Casey being on the active roster right now. like Because he's not, he's he's not, not going gonna, to He's not going to be playing yeah. the first couple of games. Correct. You'll be wasting, you know what I mean? You, you, you got at, five. At best case scenario, he's just going to miss the first saying. couple of games. Yeah, best case. That's best case scenario. And then that's still what you have in three quarterbacks on your active roster as well. Something that we typically don't do. We're typically a two quarterback and one on practice squad. Seven situation. wide receivers. Yeah. So seven you can see some areas. Linemen. You can definitely see some areas where it's like, all right, we might have some movement here, man. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm i with you. And, again, the, the seven defensive linemen made a little more sense to me yeah. because of what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. You we know, rotate those guys a lot, too, though. You you had the the unknown of Stephon Tuitt the entire season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Tyson Alualu go down for the year in game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, I mean, you were li- literally, I'm not being hyperbolic here, you were picking guys off of practice squads yeah. to come and play games for you that weekend. <laughs> um, I don't think that they wanted to get into that situation again. Was there any of those seven that were surprising to you? Honestly, no. Um, I don't. I don't think so either. Because I knew once we once we drafted Demarvin Leal in the third, and then we mm-hmm. signed Larry Ogunjobi they this off season. We said the only person to me that became potent, or the two players to me that were potentially expendable. I said Isaiah Loudermilk and Montrevious mm-hmm. Adams. Now, the only reason for Loudermilk was because the emergence of Chris Wormley. Mm-hmm. Think about he had, what, six, six and a half seven, sacks last I think, year? Seven, last year, yeah. The consistency with him is there. To Played me, over 700 snaps yeah, last year. To me, year. Wormley is the poor man's Cam Hayward. He's Cam without the ultra-athletic ability that Cam has in terms of being able to win in terms of his rushing, win in terms of his athletic ability, his motor, and stuff like that. Wormley gives you... All those same intangibles, just not to that same level, which sure. is completely fine. But that's why you have guys like Worm. You need you guys like them. that uh, coming yeah. off the bench. Certainly. Absolutely. So for me, I was like, I thought that that would make Loudermilk potentially expendable. But to me, I said Loudermilk played really well last year. Loudermilk was, if Wormley didn't step up the way that he did and have the sacks that he was having, Loudermilk was the guy that they wanted to have taking those snaps towards the back end of the season. It was just you couldn't take Wormley off the field. Mm-hmm. So for me, seeing Loudermick even come out here this preseason, it was like, okay, he still looks like he's ready to go. So the other name was Montrevis because he's missed a, a significant amount of time this preseason. That he has, yeah. And he had me concerned very similar to how I look at Derek Watt and Calvin Austin. Not that they're bad players, it's just, man, you're not available. And when you're not available, how can I feel confident Puts in you? Puts a strain you? on everybody else. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know if you're getting better. I don't know if you're worse. I don't know what's going on with you, like – so it's hard to find comfort. It's hard to find peace with that. But seeing that they did keep him, that at least has to be pointing to the sign that it's not significant, whatever he's been dealing with. I think that's fair. 
but I don't have a lot of information on what he was dealing with because it's preseason, you know? Correct. That's the other part of it. So it's like— We'll find out some more specifics on these injuries going forward. You know what? They need another interview with Chris Carter because clearly when they talk to Chris, they just they spill the beans, you know? That's what we need. <laughs> just get all these guys. All right, Chris, yeah. we're going to need you to talk to uh, KZ, Killebrew, Derek Watt, yeah, Montrevis just, just, just ask him off the— right, Hey, what's your injury? Talk to us. Because, like, to me, otherwise—but <laughs> but this is the other issue, though. If you did not keep Montrevis, who would you have kept? Henry Mondu? Because to me, I love Henry as a person. I love his energy. I love his effort. But he's very limited in terms of being an NFL D lineman. Like, you can't have him, in my no, eyes, if, playing a significant I amount of snaps every that. game. If, if it wasn't go- if it was going to be, you know, you, you don't keep Adams, I, I think it would have probably been another linebacker, either okay. either at edge or interior. Um, but even with those guys, again, it might we keep— did, We could I, say Marcus Allen. We're having the same conversations. So, haven't, so, haven't seen him. So let, but this is my thing. Are we taking Buddy Johnson, Marcus Allen as our fifth linebacker over Montrevis Adams as our number two nose guard? It's a very good point by you because as well, too. Because to me, I'm like, Montrevis is a good player when he's out there. Yeah. And he oh, showed no that last year I, on I, a moving train. I think it's clear, right? The with, impact, we we feel better about the impact from Montrevis than the other dudes. 100%. Yeah. And I think it's clear, too. I'm glad you said that. With the lack of availability that we've seen from Montrevis Adams throughout training camp in the preseason, yet him still making this this 53-man roster. I think it's clear that when they brought him in from New Orleans last year and they threw him into the fire, you know, he, he went from Saints practice squad to starting for the Steelers in a span yeah. of five or six days. Seriously, They, I think, you know what they say happens when you assume. You're going to get it right, You're going to get it right. You better believe that. I think it's pretty clear that in that time period there, the Steelers saw something in him that they liked. Yeah. Because, as you've mentioned, he's been another one of these guys. Not that he's chronically injured or anything, but he hasn't been as available as you would like him to be. I'm sure mm-hmm. as he would like to be as well, too. And a lot of times when you're one of those, you know, we think maybe potential bubble guys, that can be what makes your bubble burst. It's just that you, you, you can't make the club in the tub type thing that we always say this time of year. I think it's pretty clear that throughout that stretch where they they really brought Montrevis Adams in and threw him right into the fire, that that he showed something that they like and they think, you know, maybe there's some long-term potential there. Now, another name I wanted to ask you about as Mm -hmm. we – because we're about to finish up this segment, and then obviously we'll transition tweets. and open up those tweets and stuff like that. Definitely want to get your thoughts, comments, concerns on this topic. But with the uh, cornerbacks, man, were you surprised that they, you know – Finally parted ways with a Justin Lane. I mean, because he's been one of those guys that, regardless of productivity or the lack thereof, he's hung around. Yes, he has. Obviously, we spent a higher-end draft pick on him a third-round pick. Third-rounder, yep. Were you surprised by him no longer being here as well? I wasn't. If you, I think if you look at it with any other glasses mm-hmm. than third-round pick glasses, he just hasn't. he just hasn't done enough. He's got the talent. You and I, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've seen it. He's got the talent and the skill set, but it just hasn't clicked for him for whatever reason. And we know, you know, he started at Michigan State as a wide receiver, made that transition to defensive back. There was a lot of, um, you know, raw, unpolished skill there. Yeah. And maybe he's one of those guys, you know, similar. We were talking about this um, earlier. Maybe he's one of those guys who just, this is a real thing. Sometimes... New scenario, new setting, new team, new city, new coaching staff, new scheme, all those things. I'm not saying that he you know, can't go somewhere else and it won't click for him, but I just think pretty clearly that that wasn't happening here, and it's not like he was a first-round pick last year. Right. You know, he's, he's had some time now. Um, that, to me, wasn't as surprising. 
Uh, I, you know, it felt like the three locks were always Witherspoon, Sutton, and Wallace. Yes. We knew that. Felt like Arthur Mollette was in that Because in his that name, group too. you know what his name because is? Because of his name, because you know of his, his name na- initials, all Come those on, things. Come on, baby. Put some respect on it. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I guess James Pierre is the fifth. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, he's another one of those guys that I would think, hey, we'll see how this plays out through through the season. You know, the, the Steelers will continue like they do it a lot of position. They'll leave no stone unturned, mm-hmm. right? They'll do some window shopping, keep an eye on, on all those things. But not a, not a ton of surprise for me in the secondary. I was maybe a little surprised that they kept five safeties, particularly when you consider – well, I guess not because what because we talked what we about said, with, yeah. with, with, with KZ um, – but all of a sudden now, you know, Minka, Terrell, you feel strong about those guys. Trey Norwood, you want to see if he can take yeah. that step forward after showing Man, a lot of Trey, encouraging things. Bro, I mean, we were down there for those training camp practices. Trey was one of those guys, like the same way we looked Balk, at – The way we looked at Cam in this past preseason game and how he was kind of everywhere, the interception, the PBUs, the tackles, the rushes. That's what Trey Norwood has looked like as well throughout the preseason, that's, man. That's what he looked like yes, for dude. three years at Oklahoma. Absolutely. And, you know, as the resident Big 12 watcher here in this building, like he is a guy that every time I've seen him on a football field, which has been for five years in a yeah. row now, he's making plays. Yeah. He's he, he he's just he's doing positive things out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be encouraged. I'll be excited, I should say, to see what year two looks like for him. Miles Killebrew, we he know the special his tape teams hot. value. His tape, is hot. His tape is hot. His tape is hot. Um you know, you're you're a little. Th- it, 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 safety was one of those positions too that for a long time felt like a real posi- strength of depth. Mm-hmm. You know, KZ is your third guy, a guy who led the NFL in interceptions a couple years ago. Carl Joseph, you know, is uh, uh, him and Trey Norwood as your as your four and fives, yeah. uh, accomplished guys, former first round pick in there, a young guy and a, and a more of a veteran. All of a sudden, maybe not as confident in that depth. But again, this this could be one of those. Trey Norwood continues to grow. Maybe you add another body at some point. I certainly don't think there's any reason to panic there. No, I would agree with that. No need to panic, man. And even when I was looking at the uh, specifics of the cornerback room, I was like, initially, I was like, man, I don't really know about our slot situation. But then again, I said, you have Arthur Milet, who's your number one slot corner. You got Trey Norwood, who you could play in there as well if you're playing Cam Sutton more on the outside. But then you also have the ability to bump Cam Sutton in there, who is a bona fide number one slot corner as well. So you have versatility. You have your outside corners by Kello, Levi, James Pierre. And if you want to, I mean, obviously Cam Sutton is heavily in that conversation as well, but it's like, man, he's that guy where you got him as, you know, dual dual hats and things like that, man. So, no, I definitely like that setup right there, man. I do feel good. I probably feel the... It's probably feel the most good about them right now, just yeah. in terms of like top to bottom, the depth and the consistency there. Um, with the D line, and obviously we got a little bit of age, but we also have guys come back from injury. Tyson, we got to see what Montrevis is looking like and stuff like that this year. Whereas with those uh, with those back end guys, we pretty much like they're 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 healthy. They're going in this thing minus like I said the the KZ element of it. They're pretty much healthy though, so yeah. definitely liking that man. Yeah. But um, with that being said, man, we are going to go to our final break of today's show. So get those tweets in, man. This is your last chance. Tweet now if I ever hold your peace until Friday. And who knows, West Knight might West might not be as pleasant that day. I'm going right? to be here, though, all right? He'll be I'll here, be present but he might not for. be pleasant, all right? So with that being said, best way to do is on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Euler. Go Mountaineers. And it's Art the Most and Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.